Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Citizen Chef is a production of iHeartRadio. Do you consider yourself a, a tech company at this point? We are very much a technology company, but we are also very much a food company as well. Incredible robotics, incredible artificial intelligence are all impressive and amazing to see. But if the food that we grow isn't equally amazing and incredible, it doesn't matter. And that's always been important to us at Bowery from the earliest day. Hello and welcome to Citizen Chef. I'm your host, Tom Colicchio. So today's guest is Irving Fain from Bowery Farming. Uh, Irving, welcome to the Citizen Chef podcast. Thanks so much for having me. We've been we've been talking about this for a little while, so it's uh, great to be on with you and, and finally making it happen. Yeah, just, just full disclosure for everybody out there listening, because it is public knowledge. Um, I was a, a very early um, uh, adapter and investor in 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 Bowery Farming, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna dig through this material and. Uh, like the puns are flying already. We're gonna dig. <laughs> we're gonna dig through the farm. Here. When you work it, when you work in agriculture, you very quickly realize that an incredible amount of puns somehow go back to growing food and food in general. Yeah, let's just, just jump right in here. Um, you you didn't grow up farming. Um, I don't even know no. if you grew up gardening. Yeah, and I did so- grow. I did grow up. Sort of gardening, okay, not not, okay. A, not in the way that you garden, right? I would but, say, but, but but gardening, right? But you're not you're you're not a foodie, I would say. You're you're not someone who came to this because uh, you had a desire to produce food or anything like that. I mean, but so how how did you get here? Because I know prior prior to starting Bowery Farming, you were kind of a serial entrepreneur. You had done a, a few other things, um, and so so how how did you get into uh, farming? Yeah, so I think if there's one precursor that's relevant, you know, and you and I have talked about this before, but I think my mother was well ahead of her time because I remember as a kid, you know, she she was she's a fantastic chef and she would go search out the farmers markets and you know find the the fresh uh, veggies that had higher antioxidants and would make sure that she was you know going out and and searching out the best quality ingredients and and she loved to cook and it was a big part of her life and therefore our 
our lives. And so we were really fortunate that we had, you know, incredible access to great food. So I did have sort of that formative experience. But as you said, this isn't as if somebody looked at me and said, oh, of course, I knew you were going to start a food company your whole life. Right. And you, you grew up where? I grew up in Rhode Island, in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. In Providence. So it's a city, a small city. Yeah. Okay. And what's yeah. actually nice about Rhode Island is it is not a very large state. In fact, it is the smallest state. And, and so in a pretty short drive, you're accessing farms and incredibly incredible fresh produce. You have enormous access to seafood, you know, because of all the coast that's in Rhode Island. And so you sort of in a short distance can access a lot of really high quality fresh food. So that, that was something I did grow up with surrounded by that. And that was something my mother prioritized more than anything from a health and wellness perspective. And, you know, I think she really realized how valuable it was to cook your own food and, and find great ingredients. And I was fortunate to be able to, to grow up surrounded by that. Um, but as I said, no one looked at me and said, we knew you would be in the agriculture space your whole, your whole life. But what people would say is, we, we knew you were going to be building companies. Like b being an entrepreneur was something I always had wanted to do before I even knew the word existed. If you always knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur, why, why did you get an English degree? <laughs> <laughs> and how, how does that fit in here? Well, it's, um, it's, a, it's a great question. And, and I, it's advice I try to give to people who are going to college. So if you have listeners who are, who are younger and thinking about these kinds of decisions earlier in their life, I think sometimes when you're young, there can be this incredible weight and import placed on every single decision you make as if it will cast the die for your rest of your life. And I stepped back and said, you know what, if I'm going to spend four years of my life doing something, I want to really be engaged and love what I'm actually doing. And I loved reading since I was a really young kid. Being an English major essentially is about consuming information, consuming material, understanding what is being said or, or drawing a thesis in terms of what you think somebody is saying, and then forming an argument about why you think what you think. And that type of analysis and then presentation is, in essence, what you do in business. It, it doesn't seem like a straight line, but it's actually much more relevant than one would right. think. Is, is that a, a, a similar talk that you gave to, to whoever was uh, interviewing you for a job in finance? That is actually exactly <laughs> what I said to people ever a job in finance. In fact, that was the exact thing. <laughs> so what was the, what was the vision? I mean, you're kind of a visionary here. What, what was the vision? Why did you get into, in, you know, hydroponic farming, you know, farm, you weren't the first, there were, there were others before you. Um, and this is kind of how we met for, you know, over the last 20 years as a chef, every hydroponic farm, you know, they come knocking at my door and I, politely decline after I taste what I what what they offer and you know Bowery when I met you uh, and, and tasted the food it was the first time I really tasted uh, hydroponic food grown indoors that had a ton of flavor and so how how, how did you end up farming yeah you know I, I if, if there's a consistent through line for me from when I was a young kid it is I always believed that technology and innovation could solve hard problems and important problems. And you know, if, if there was something in my last business before Bowery that that would always sort of stick with me, it was the business was a great business. It was an interesting company, and I was incredibly energized by building and creating the company and the culture, all the things you and I were talking about. But at some point, the actual idea and the concept of what you are building becomes the most important thing, you know, because the culture grows and it's, it's carried forward by many people, like we were saying, and you have to really be passionate and love the thing you're actually creating itself. And, and 
I, I was really interested in what I did next to be focusing on a problem that I not only had a personal passion for, but I thought mattered more broadly to society. That was solving an, an important problem. Right. So what, what is that problem that you, you have to solve? So you look at agriculture and the, the first thing you see is it's the largest consumer of resources globally by a wide margin. You know, 70% of the world's water every year goes to agriculture. We put about a billion pounds of pesticides down each year just in the US alone. And when you pull that back and look at the globe, we put 6 billion pounds of pesticides down annually across the world. And so the impact of that, you know, first of all, it's, it's, it's destroying the nutrients in the soil that we rely on to actually grow food. And it's actually eroding the very top soil that we also rely on at a rate faster than we can possibly replenish it. It's in the water supply, streams and lakes and rivers and reservoirs and oceans. And lastly, it's on the food we're eating, which is incredibly important. Our children are eating, we're eating it as well. And, and because of the way we've been farming, you've lost 30% of of, of all of our arable farmland across the world in the last 40 years. And so you've got a challenge today with a system that's already being stretched and strained with the realities that we face right now. And then you look at the world with exploding population, a need for more food to feed that population. And then what really drove me to what we're doing at Bowery is all that change is happening while somewhere between 70 to 80% of the world's population in the next 30 years will be living in and around cities. So there's a real move towards urbanization. And so I really became obsessed with the question of how do you get fresh food to urban environments and how do you do it in a way that's both more efficient as well as more sustainable? Do you consider yourself a, a, a tech company at this point? We are very much a technology company, but we are also very much a food company as well. Right. And I actually think that, that, and you and I have chatted about this, I think that's going to become more and more normal as time moves on and as our food system is required to evolve because right. technology has some really incredible opportunities and powers to help enhance and evolve our food system in many ways. And so at some point that, I mean, the technology is absolutely critical to what we do at Bowery, but as you said, if the food isn't incredibly delicious and flavorful, it doesn't matter. And we spent a lot of time perfecting what we were actually growing and how it tasted because food's so personal, it, mm -hmm. you know, it is cultural. We feed it to our kids and our families and our friends and ourselves. And, and it's an important moment in all of our lives, ideally every single day. And so incredible robotics, incredible artificial intelligence are all impressive and amazing to see. But if the food that we grow isn't equally amazing and incredible, it doesn't matter. And that's always been important to us at Bowery from the earliest day. Right, right. So I'll, I'll try to explain to the listeners what I'm looking at. So your background is the farm. Um, and there is a, a great... Um, uh, piece at Eater uh, did a piece on on the, and they were actually in the farm, so you can get a there's a nice video on this. But I'll try to explain it. So there's a this structure that's behind you, and it's the it, how many stories high is this? It's got to be forty feet, right? I mean, it, our farms have the ability to vary in size, but you know, they're these are warehouse scale indoor farms. Right. So as right. you you can say you can attest to it's sort of towering when you walk. Yeah, into, it's it's into it. it's not it's not like anything that you that you, you you'd expect it to be. Um, it is, um, it's number one, it's, it's absolutely spotless. You have to walk in, you have to put a, a, a suit on uh, and, uh, it was like a hazmat suit and you have to put booties on. Um, so you're not bringing anything in from the outside. Um, it's, it's very, very clean. And there's a, it's like a superstructure where these bins, um, 
that hold all the, all the produce um, can actually be pulled down off this structure uh, robotically. So if you have to work on bin, whatever number it is, you can dial it up. If the robot brings it right down in front of you, you can harvest or you can do whatever you need to do uh, you know, with that bin and then send it back up. Um, also, uh, all of the nutrients are, are fine-tuned. And the lighting, the LED lighting, is, is, this is where I think the, the technology really changed in a big way, um, uh, where um, price came down to make it affordable. Um, and so you're, you're creating a full spectrum of light. It's, it's not just yellow light. It's a full spectrum of light, which then you can use and manipulate to actually create those different flavor profiles. So if you want to punch up the spiciness of arugula, you can do that. Yep. Right. And, and it's interesting because it's – we use lights that mimic the spectrum of the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, so you have that capacity. And, and the other part of this is the the taste and flavor of the produce we eat is the expression of all of the variables that go into that produce, right? It's, it's the nutrients, it's the water or the lack of water. It's the light and the intensity of that light and the, the photo periods, how much day and how much night, all of these components. I mean, when people talk about terroir in some ways, that's really what they're talking about. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's sort of a less uh, romantic way of describing it, but that is what terroir really is in many respects and the microbiome inside of the soil. And, and what we, can do at Bower and the technology we've built most importantly, and this is where technology is really important to what we're doing, is it, it allows us the capacity to control all of those different variables. And through the Bowery operating system, which is essentially the central nervous system and brains of our whole operation, we can control those variables, monitor and understand them at very large scale, but in very small individual focused uh, plant, you know, kind of crop by crop levels. And, and that, that, that sort of micro control at a macro scale lets us do some really exciting and interesting things. We'll be back with more Citizen Chef. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We're back. So on the farming side, and I guess the tech side too, um, the seeds that we have now that are used to produce food outdoors, they typically don't work. And so uh, talk a little bit about the breeding um, 
you know, you're working with, with breeders, I, I believe you have you know, a team on staff that you're working with to come up with varieties that will work indoor and produce. Uh, so for instance, it, you could produce a tomato that actually produces less greenery and more fruit. Um, and just, just by, by, you know, finding the right seeds to do that. So. Well, yeah, in some ways you can almost trace this back. And this is, you know, what I think is so exciting about what we're doing here at Bowery is if, if I go to, to craft, you know, or, or any of your restaurants, you know, your you or your chefs are maybe going to the union square farmer's market or, or, or you have relationships with chefs who are growing very specific and specialized crops for you and a small number of people or in small batches that are available in only a short period of time. And, and really the reason that you don't get many of these types of crops and varieties on mass and, and you hear these stories about how little biodiversity is out there is because what matters in outdoor agriculture is, is essentially three things. You have to resist drought on the field. You've got to resist pests in the field. And then you have to be able to transport the crop long distances and over long periods of time. And it needs to show up and look good. And quality, flavor, variety, all those things go by the wayside in service of those other three attributes. And when you look at what we do at Bowery, we're not impacted by any of those attributes. Our crops are harvested and delivered within a day or two. So travel is essentially negligible and we don't have issues with pests or with drought. And so what it, this means, first and foremost, even before breeding, is we can work with global seed companies, which is what we're doing. And we can look at their seed banks, you know, decades back for seeds that don't make any sense for outdoor agriculture, which is really about just scale and cheap food fast. And we can find exciting varieties, amazing flavors, crops that you just don't see and taste very frequently. And we can do and grow those crops reliably, consistently all year round and give access access to many more people, uh, to crops that they otherwise would have never experienced. The second piece of this now is the breeding side. And, and you know, this as a chef, but people have been breeding crops for, I mean, really thousands of years, you know? Yeah. Sure. I mean, it is why agriculture is where it is and certainly pretty focused, you know, over decades and decades of time. And what's pretty powerful about what we can do here at Bowery is that the challenge in breeding is you're always susceptible to, to external variables outside. You know, it's, it's extra rainy one year. And so it sort of throws off your results or it's much colder and it throws off your results or it's too hot. I mean, you know, any number of problems, mm -hmm. there's no, there's no such thing in some ways as perfection. And so you're breeding a seed for a certain uh, condition, which you're probably never going to replicate again. So you're sort of doing the best you can for the, for the mean, if you would. And in our case, because we have such finite control of the environment at Bowery every single day, you can breed crops specifically for what we're doing, for flavor, for taste, for variables like you were talking about in tomatoes, you know, less greenery, more fruit, and you can do it much more quickly and much more effectively because of that control, as well as through the Bowery operating system, which is our proprietary software, hardware, computer vision, and AI system, which is taking in data, analyzing, understanding, it, and optimizing it. And so those two components allow us to introduce new crop types, introduce new seeds, new varieties to people that otherwise you just don't really get to experience as an average consumer, unless you do go to craft or one of your restaurants. So currently you're operating uh, two farms, is that that's correct? And a third's about to open? 
Yes, we have four farms total. Two of those farms are now R&D. We just opened a farm called FarmX, which, which you were sort of alluding to, uh, increases our R&D capacity pretty substantially. A big focus on breeding, new crops. Uh, we're doing a lot in the, the new outside of leafy green area there. Um, and then we have two commercial farms today, and our third commercial farm is underway in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, as we speak. Okay. Why did you choose Bethlehem? Well, first and foremost is its ability to help continue to serve not only the Mid-Atlantic region where we already are at Bowery, but also the New York tri-state area where we started and where you know, there's just so much demand and opportunity within New York itself. It's a huge market, of course. I think there's also a really great story around essentially taking non-arable land. I mean, you think about you know, steel manufacturing you know, is, is synonymous with, with Bethlehem. And that industry at this point is essentially gone from that area. And so we're going in and we're taking non-arable land and we're making it arable again. And we're, we're creating farmland, but we're also creating these long-term green jobs in this community to help replace jobs that, you know, over the last decades have, have gone away and gone overseas or moved to other places. And so, you know, it, it is, there's a huge density of population surrounding that area that we can serve. And, you know, it's a, it's a great community for us to bring the jobs and, and access to food that that pairs well with our farm in Maryland and our farm in New Jersey now. So for the average person um, who wants to try uh, Bowery Farms, where, where number one, where, where can I find it? Yeah, you know, so first of all, we're... We're really proud. We're now the largest indoor vertical farming company in the U.S. We, we've grown over 750% since January of 2020. And so we, we started January of 2020 in under 100 retail stores, and we're now in over 850. So you can find us in Whole Foods or Giant or Weiss Market or Amazon Fresh you can find us in Walmart. I mean, we are in a wide variety of retailers and that's important to us because one of the things we're focused on at Bowery is democratizing access to high quality mm -hmm. fresh food. I mean, we talked earlier about you know, the experience of finding these incredible crops shouldn't just exist for the person who has access to the farmer's market or who can go to one of your restaurants or other incredible chef's restaurants. You know, the average consumer's ability to, to, to get access to great produce all year round is something that's important. And so we're really focused on how do you expand that access? We are really at Bowery rebuilding an entire supply chain. It's not, we're not just a farming company. Of course, we are a farming company, but mm -hmm. what we're doing is reinventing the farm in a manner that allows us to reinvent the supply chain and reinvent it in a way that's much simpler, it's much safer, it's much more sustainable, and it provides much more surety of supply. I mean, do you ever see yourself at a farmer's market? Farmers markets are great places for us at Bowery because you know we are part of that local and regional food system, and that's really in many ways where you know, it's it, the farmers market is a manifestation of the regional food system in each area. You know, mm -hmm. the, you have purveyors of all different types of products coming together. You know, however many days a week it would be, and in you know, case in New York, it's it's much more frequent. And we are also a part of that regional food system, and we really believe in the importance of local food and the value of local food. And so I think we'd be proud to stand alongside all these other local farms in the communities where we are and, and sell our product there. So that that's the one exception, I guess, to to, to the direct to consumer argument. Right. I mean, just you know, if, if you're if you're a farm, um, I, you know, I, I, it'd be very interesting to see um, number one the reaction from the other local farmers, um, and then the consumer. Well, I, I think that on the consumer side, and this is important, is 
there's a there's sometimes a sentiment that that only a certain demographic or type of person cares about quality food and what they're eating. And in fact, that's not true. And, and people, and, and I think you know that very well, you know, people of all, you know, socioeconomic stations in life and in different places around this country and all different types of communities and states and cities care about what they're eating and what they're feeding their kids. They, they many times are not fortunate enough to have access to quality food. You know, not everybody lives a stone throw away from the Union Square uh, farmer's market or green market, you know, and, and, and can walk there and shop there every single day. And so the ability, and that's why the retail distribution model for us at Bowery is powerful because people rely on going to the grocery store and all types of grocery stores to pick up their food. And many can't go find, you know, the, uh, the, the local farmer's market. And, and so that's why we really believe in that distribution model, because the type of consumer who's looking for better quality food grown more sustainably is a lot wider range than I think sometimes people assume. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. You know, off topic, there was a, years ago, my, my wife was mentoring a young girl and um, she was actually part of the reason why my wife did the film A Place at the Table. And when she would come into our home, she wanted salad because where she was shopping, she couldn't get a lot of fresh produce. And, yep. and so, but that's what she Every time she came in, that's what she wanted. She wanted a salad. She wanted fresh vegetables. And so you're absolutely right. I mean, when when it's available to to everyone, people want it. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, um, it would be great to see a Bowery salad bar in public schools in in the school cafeteria because a lot of school cafeterias now have salad bars, and it'd be cool to have a, a Bowery sponsored salad bar in a public school. I think I'm going to push it. We're going to do that. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I, I, we're we're what, so one of the programs that we're closely involved with is is with DC Central Kitchen. You know. Mm-hmm. Into to, to Chef Andres uh, down in the DC and Maryland area. And what they, they have a program called Healthy Corners. And what they actually do is they put refrigerators in these bodegas and corner yeah. stores in you you probably know about this in communities that that aren't close to grocery stores right now. We're, and and we sell our products in through though that network and in all those different bodegas and stores so that people can have access to great produce and don't have to get on a bus or get in a car or you know travel very long distances, which is oftentimes prohibitive for them to actually find good food. The other thing that's important here, and it ties right back to where where this all started with you and I, is is taste. And there's this aspect of eating vegetables, which historically has felt like a responsibility or a chore, right? It's like, oh, I've got to eat vegetables because they're better for you, but I don't want to. They don't particularly taste good. I don't particularly like them. The, The great example I always give is actually our kale at Bowery. Where you find so many people, and they're like, "Yeah, I eat kale, but it's kind of chalky. I don't really like it. It's bitter. It's not. It's not very delicious." But I'm kind of supposed to eat it. And people try our kale, and their their eyes light up. Like, wow! Like this is sweet. This is different than anything I've ever had. And so there's a part of this as well when you bring out flavor and taste that really is poignant and vibrant. Whether it's young kids in school or even adults. People will change their relationship with fresh produce, change their relationship with salads. I mean, you think about those incredible tomatoes that you have very, you know, very small amounts of time per year. And you imagine being able to have access to tomatoes that tasted like that all the time. I mean, it would change your desire to eat fresh food, eat better food for you. And that's a big thrust of what we're doing here as well, Bowery. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. 
Give me adventure. Vikings! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Going back to the bodegas, I believe in the last farm bill, there was a program that bodegas could actually uh, get uh, grants for refrigeration so they can get fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables into what was called food deserts, now really called food apartheid areas. Uh, so yeah, are, are, you know, speaking of the Farm Bill, are there, are there legislatively, um, do you see anything in the Farm Bill for a battery farming? Yeah, I, I think what's there's a lot happening, obviously, right now. You know, just in legislation in DC in general. Right. Uh, you know, I, I would first of all say there is focus increasingly on on urban agriculture in general from the USDA, which is which is a real positive. And even since we started Bowery, we've seen an evolution to this sort of being a local issue that that some local politicians cared about and many just didn't really pay much attention to, to now an issue that's starting to take more importance at the center, you know, at the national level. And so I think what I would expect to see as we move into the next farm bill is increasing consideration for indoor agriculture culture and controlled environmental agriculture overall, mm-hmm. because we are becoming as an industry a much more important part of the agricultural system overall. But secondly, I mean, we, look at what is happening on the in the West. Right yeah. now. I mean, yeah. some people are saying this is the worst drought we've seen in a thousand years. Yeah. And, and we're seeing this right now. And now we're seeing with the droughts right now, I actually think that um, this, uh, if this is, is you know, continue on a long-term basis, this could really put a lot of our food supply in jeopardy, uh, especially everything that's grown in California. And so this this is a, a real solution to that. And you have farmers in California who are living with no water in some right. cases, or 10% of what they usually use. And you know, I saw a recent stat that said something like a half a million acres this year may have to just lay fallow completely right. unplanted right. because they just don't have the resources. Right. And f- farmers are also selling off cattle. They can't, they can't feed them anymore. They can't water them anymore. So that's they're, right. they're just selling them off. Yeah. And that's what people sometimes forget as well about the agricultural system, which is it's not just about what you grow. It's for human consumption. It's when you have cattle and dairy cattle, you need to grow a lot to feed the, the cows, to feed mm-hmm. beef cattle, sure. to feed dairy. And so it, it really is an intertwined system. And so when people, I think when, when the legislators and when in DC, they're looking at what, 
resiliency in our agricultural system is going to look like in this next decade, it's impossible to ignore that the indoor agriculture component of this system is going to become right. increasingly and, and, important. Right. And you're not looking you're not looking to replace outdoor farming. You, but, but No, this is not a zero-sum game. It never right. is, right? There's it, it, there's never only one answer and nothing else. And, and this becomes a part of the system and, and not the only system. There are some crops that are grown really well outside and they'll continue to be grown really well outside for a long time coming. There are many crops that ultimately we will just be more efficient and more sustainable at producing. Yeah, I don't see any corn stalks in, in that uh, in that farm of yours anytime soon. <laughs> that, that's not where our focus is right now. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll leave it at that. Uh, thanks a lot. Um, this is it's been a, a great conversation. And, hey, really uh, appreciate having me. And yeah, uh, you know, I think I, I would also say congratulations. I mean, I know you were heavily involved in a lot of work that happened in the Restaurant Act and and a lot of the the innovation that happened there over the course of the last six to twelve months. And I think. Uh, People may not know how how intimately you involved you were in pushing all that forward, but uh, you have been a, a fierce advocate for the food system overall for a long time. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Citizen Chef was executive produced by Christopher Hasiotis and produced by Gabrielle Collins. Our researcher and writer is Lillian Holman. And as always, a very special thank you to A Place at the Table. Citizen Chef is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite shows. 